What is up, everyone? We are inside of the studios hanging out here. Nick Perioli was just in the studios with me yesterday, so shout out to Nick. What's up? And my third grade teacher, Pat Kuno. How about that? Nice. Third grade teacher, Bengals fan, had a Scotty. We didn't have to do homework when the Bengals won, but they never won. Yeah, so you always had homework. And I won a lot of spelling bees. So shout out to everybody that's going to be watching us today. We are inside the Super Powered Pop Studios. Very cool that we have Jeremy Ginsburg here. Jeremy and I met from me doing trivia. That's how we first met each other. Yep. And now with the Museum of Intrigue as on the third floor of Destiny USA, as well as Painting with a Twist of Wit on Erie Boulevard and Frightmare Farms in Palermo, we now work together in that respect. And we just so happen to be some pretty crazed fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A little bit. A little bit. So welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing? Thank you. Good. Thanks for, for having me. First time you're in here. First time you are cleanly shaven, I think, that I've ever seen. It was a time coming, you know, had to get it done. Yeah. What does the wife think? She likes it. Nicole likes it? Yeah, when I met her, I was clean shaved, and it's probably been since then since I fully shaved, so. Yeah. So clean shaved, you got the hair up, you're doing your thing. Trying to look nice, you know. I went the opposite route. I went full Tony Stark. So I went the Stark goatee, and if you see it, the the pieces, the line actually comes out here. Yeah. So that's that's the purpose of it. Looks good. Is that Stark's, Stark has the little hooks that I forgot about. I didn't even know he had. So I've gone full Tony Stark this week, and you've gone clean shaven. I like it. Had to go Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice switch here. And we have, you know, I mean, I heard somebody's looking for this. I heard the Avengers might need it, but, I mean, I guess I'm. it wasn't that hard for me to get. So, no. you know. If you ever wanna, if you ever need a gauntlet, do you wanna try it on? You haven't, have you gotten to wear the gauntlet? Why don't you give it a little test run? Oh, this is nice. Right? Yeah. All the fingers move. Yeah, that's great. So, it's it's comfy, isn't it? I don't know if it'll let me snap my It won't off. let you snap. I did that on the show yesterday. I said, Marvel thought of literally everything. They won't let these the snap, snap. Nope. just in case somebody actually found the real stones. That would be bad. Can't snap your fingers. So we're here today with Jeremy Ginsburg, of course, Dan Satora, Super Powered Pop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Super Powered Pop, the same on all of them. And we're going to be discussing with you today, as every single one of the six-part series, we've got stones. We started with the power, which is the first one that Thanos got. Then he went to the space stone, and now we are on to the third stone that came into his possession, the reality stone, which was in the hands, lastly of The Collector, played by Benicio Del Toro, on Planet Nowhere, which is inside of the head of a dead celestial being. So, thoughts on the Reality Stone as we show some pictures of this. I mean, what is, what do you think about, I mean, it's it's the only stone we've ever seen liquefied. It is, um, but it's also the only stone that he actually, it, he used it to kill himself in the movie. Yeah. Gamora stabbed him in the neck and then all of a sudden it wasn't real. Yeah, so I mean, you you can, the reality stone does exactly what it says. It essentially creates whatever reality you want. He turned Drax into a bunch of kind of broken plastic blocks. He turned Mantis in kind of like spaghetti string, yeah, so to speak. Unraveled her, yeah, completely. And they don't die. They're just kind of suspended in this strange reality, which I think is crazy because their pieces break apart. And so you think, okay, so their heart must have busted open. No, like when he does this with reality, he can literally separate you like he did to Drax without killing you. And then put you back together after. As soon as he leaves. As soon as the reality stone is gone, essentially everything comes back. Snaps back to normal. But how crazy was that scene when Thanos is standing there and Gamora thinks she got him 
They think that they won. They think that they did what they needed to do. And all of a sudden, she hears his voice saying, oh, daughter, you know, and, and, and then we see the red kind of come across almost like a smoke screen. And as it's coming across, we see the reality. Everything's on fire. The collector, you know, is obviously not sitting there. Like, he even had the collector screaming magnificent. I mean, he, he went through all of it. All the details were covered to make you think that it was over, and then it actually wasn't. Except for Howard the Duck. He wasn't there. No, he wasn't there. And neither was Cosmo the dog. No, neither was Cosmo the space dog. But, you know, it's so we first see this show up, and like I wear for every show, uh, a significant shirt. I don't have just a Thor shirt. So for the first one, for the Power Stone, I wore my Guardians Volume 1. For Val- for the uh, second one, the Space Stone, I wore my Captain America. And for this one, I wore my <laughs> Avengers, but you see it's the long-haired Thor which is the Thor that we know from Thor 1 as well as Thor the Dark World. And that is where we find the ether is in Thor the Dark World. And uh, I just think it's funny because it kind of almost sounds like something, some type of drug that would be in a rap song. It does. The ether. Yeah. You know. It should be red. It should be purple at that point. <laughs> right. It's, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. But we see the liquefied version of it. We also know that it can go inside of and essentially possess a being without killing them. Which it did to Natalie Portman's character, the love interest of Thor. But she seemed to survive at the end of it. Yeah, she survived, but not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Apparently, she's not coming back. No, so. no, no. <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting kind of take here. But once again, as we talk about the Reality Stone, I want to go to some pieces of the Reality Stone that are worth mentioning here. Now, it's obviously one of the six Infinity Stones. And, you know, when the universe kind of broke apart and created all of these that existed before the universe and the cosmic entities that were connected to this. We see it in Thor the Dark World with the leader of the Dark Elves, Malekith, and uses the Reality Stone to create the weapon called the Aether. Every 5,000 years, the convergence causes the Nine Realms to become aligned in 2988 BC. Malekith planned to use this event to release the Aether and plunge the Nine Realms into eternal darkness. However, the Asgardians intervened and took the ether from the Dark Elves by force. Here's a crazy thing, though. We talk about how Red Skull somehow survives the test of time, and obviously Captain America doesn't age. Malekith tried this in 2988 BC. Mm-hmm. Elves have a long <laughs> life, apparently. Apparently, elves don't die. No. So, you know, and so when we look at this here, the ether was hidden away where no one can find it. And in 2013, Near the beginning of the convergence, a portal opened to where the ether was located. Jane Foster happened to walk through the portal and through curiosity made contact with the ether, which made it active and infested her body, used her as a host, kind of like that venom approach, you know, like that being able to live within you and have its own mind, so to speak. Kind of different there. After arriving back on Earth, Jane Foster had a powerful energy projection when being touched on the arm, was taken Asgard by Thor, where the east, where the uh, ether was discovered by Odin. Malekith sensed the ether's activity and attempted to retrieve it by attacking Asgard. And in the end, through the sacrifice of Frigga, Malekith and his army left before he could obtain the ether. So, kind of an interesting thing here that we see, you know, this this sensing of it because Thanos was able to use, he was able to manipulate the space stone without having it in his possession. He was also, and then we have Malekith able to sense, and we see it in the movie that he kind of almost sniffs it in the air, that the ether's back. So, you know, we talk about how, how powerful the stones are, but 
there's some very powerful beings out there, Malekith being one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he got his grasp on it for just a moment and did a lot of damage with it in the movie. Yeah, it, it definitely, I mean, you look at kind of these things having a, a sense of their own, so to speak, and the connection here. So the Collector, uh, now the Collector's true intentions was, was to put the Infinity Stones together too. Yes. So he wanted to do it. Red Skull wanted to do it. Malekith, I think, just wanted the ether, and then, you know, obviously Thanos wanted it. So we find out over time that these beings have existed with the intent of domination, and the Collector seems to be a, a little bit too eccentric and theatrical to, to really hone in on it, though. Yeah, I, I don't think the universe would be in good hands if he got all the stones. No. I mean, <laughs> he would be standing there, and he'd snap his fingers on accident when he's going, Magnificent! Magnificent! Yeah, <laughs> so, okay. And then all of a sudden, it's just one big party. Yeah, and, you know, what would he do with it, and would he think that, you know, it, just a lot of questions that we would get if, if the Collector actually had it. So Thanos would use that reality stone to turn Gamora's dagger into bubbles, and obviously we were just talking about the the changes of that and him knowing that he had to go to nowhere. I feel like he was always connected to the collector. It was always my vibe. You know, the we saw the collector with Guardians of the Galaxy and whatnot. I just I felt like there was always something fishy about him and I feel like he would, you know, the highest bidder so to speak. So if Thanos came calling, exactly, you just give it to him at that point. Yeah, you know, we see that with different characters in these movies, but to look at the capabilities. Now, it governs reality. It grants its user absolute control over reality itself. But due to it being a powerful artifact, it can only be wielded by being by beings of sufficient power and inside beings of no powers. So we see it go inside of Jane Foster because she has no powers. Correct. And then you can only hold it if you have sufficient power. So Obviously Thanos does. Right. And with, you know, Jane Foster, it was still killing her. Now, the Reality Stone's power is so great that it's capable of affecting reality on a universal scale, as Malekith would have been able to use the stone to cover the whole universe in darkness, not just Earth. No, it would have been the entire realms. So, I mean, to get the nine realms together and basically shoot off this ether to everybody, he would cast everyone into darkness and decay. And this is where we once again see that just one of these stones changes everything absolutely and it brings more to the table of the the denseness the 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 reality pun intended and kind of the scariness of the fact that thanos has six of these when the reality stone could do enough damage exactly but it has to have all the stones linked up together to actually keep it that way though the universal change and i mean to see this is just the physical powers are greatly enhanced malekith was on par with thor in terms of his strength so the ether obviously gives you uh, super ability. It gives you that that ability to kind of handle somebody like Thor, who we know is extremely, incredibly strong. Uh, Malekith only being vanquished by having his own ship collapsing on him. Malekith was also able to use the Reality Stone's powers over reality to send out blasts of energy strong enough to cause Thor wielding Mjolnir tr trouble blocking them and harm the nearly invulnerable Asgardian and even teleport, which is kind of crazy. When inserted into the Infinity Gauntlet, when harnessed by the user who fully understands and masters it, like Thanos, we see that it's able to warp reality to a greater extent than previously perceived, and his mastery of its power proves to completely change everything about reality, that he essentially could make something reality, take it away, turn it into something else. I mean, this, this, is, this is a, 
a, a very, I mean, it's not just the power of the ether and the ability of the ether, but the sense of the fact that you could walk out of the room to go to the bathroom and come back in here and I can make this entire room look like we're sitting on the moon. Exactly. You know, it's, it's crazy. So, I mean, we're talking reality stuff, but we're talking Avengers. You're here with me. We, we've, we've had a lot of conversations. What are you most excited about with Endgame? I just want to see how it wraps up. This has been 20 movies in the making. I mean, it, they've all been connected together. I just want to see how it, start, it, it starts, then ends, and then see what Marvel brings to the table next. And there's one more movie before Phase 4 that will count, and that's Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm excited to see it. I The question is, does it happen before? Does it happen after? They've stated that it happens uh, after, essentially, but... You know, this this parallel parallel universe interdimensional activity, could that play a role in this? And that's a question, too, is how is Spider-Man all of a sudden just moving on? I, I don't know. Let's see how the Marvel writers do. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be cool. But who do we think, I mean, who do you think is going to perish? We're not, and, and, and if we happen to be right, it's not a spoiler. It's just a guess. But who do you think is going to be gone? I think uh, Cap and I think uh, Tony Stark. But that's just because their contracts are up. But something could happen that they, they don't die. They just get immortalized somehow. Yeah. I think I think uh, I, less and less of me is thinking Iron Man. But I think Cap is going to die. I kind of have a unique twist on it. When we see the first preview, Cap's looking at his compass. And he has Peggy Carter in it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, think, I think it's Black Widow says, I hope this works. I hope that this works or something of that extent. And he says it has to. And he looks down at her picture. I think we're going to lose Cap in a different way. I think we're going to lose Cap because he's going to go back in time and give her the dance that she deserved. I think Vision doesn't survive either. Okay. Without the stone, he's nothing. That's an intricate one because because, uh, obviously the family of, of the Black Panther, you know, and his sister's abilities to... Kind of, I mean, we saw that she was she was almost there, and I feel like to show her expertise, they might want to finish that. Yeah, and show that. But the question is, are we going to replay this? Are we going to see a movie where essentially we're going to see our heroes go back in time and continuous and and almost like go through a half an hour of the movie? It doesn't work. They go back. They do it again. Are we going to see them maybe try three or four times to get it right? If you remember in Avengers um, Infinity War, Doctor Strange looked at, what, 10 million different realities? It was 14 million something ridiculous, and there's one that worked. And there was one that worked, so, I mean, they're going to have to do something. Yeah, and to see, I mean, we see all the suits that they're wearing at the end of one of the recent previews, and that kind of signifies what looks to be the quantum realm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the suits, by the way. Well, I mean, I think think it's what they have to wear for it. I don't think they have a choice. They put the little A on there, but... I find it interesting that there's some giveaways here that Tony's off, you know, drifting in space, and then all of a sudden he's back at Avengers headquarters in upstate New York. So, you know, is that a giveaway, or is the end of the movie Tony in space saying, you know, I love you, Pepper, and then it ends? I mean, it's you wonder the trickery, and you also wonder, just like in Avengers Infinity Wars preview, they show the Hulk running in Wakanda to help out the Avengers and the Hulk never showed up in the fight. Yeah, I know the Russos they're very they're very good at making trailers to fool everybody. None of the oh, yeah. tra- they've already stated that none of the trailers are actually what the finished product looks like, which is insane. It is. You know, but I do like the line whatever it takes. And we hear Black Widow, Ronan, the AKA Hawkeye, we hear Captain America and we hear 
Iron Man, Tony Stark say whatever it takes. And the whole notion of a Black Widow saying we owe it to the people not in this room to try. You know, if there's any way to save them, we have to try. And then obviously Cap talks about not being able to move on. Some people do, but we don't. What do you think about that? The fact that the Avengers, having been defeated, seeing them dusted, seeing all this go away, still having this belief, this faith, this hope that they can unkill their friends. I, I don't know. I mean, at that point, I mean, you just have to feel disheartened. If, if you're like Captain America and you watch Bucky disappear, Black Panther disappear, um, I mean, at that point... I mean, where do you go from there? I mean, all that's left from the Guardians of the Galaxy is Rocket. Yeah. And we see Rocket on the shoulder of War Machine, which yeah. is kind of cool. But, you know, there is that there's that moment of where Rocket reaches out to Groot and he goes, Groot, he goes, oh, no, not again. Because he lost him in Guardians Volume 1. Yes. And so you see him go, not again. And you just see his pain once again that we don't see that much, but we see it with Groot and his relationship. And so he's lost him essentially twice. Groot is the only character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, correct me if I'm wrong, to die twice. And so we have that, and and all the Guardians are gone. We see a young Gamora, so we wonder what that means for the state of things. Is that how Thanos sees her, or is this how she is in the realm? Because the last time, I don't know, maybe or that because he gave her up because he loved her, that he loved her from when she was little. You know, there's the questions about why is she young? Where are they? Are they because the soul stone itself in the comics, you're trapped within the soul world. Correct. You're dead, but not. And we see that Adam Warlock is the keeper of the soul stone and the soul world, and he's able to go back and forth. He's able to kind of decide who gets, you know, are you coming with me? Are you not coming with me? You're going to come out of the soul world. So, the, you know, being in heaven, so to speak, or purgatory or a suspended reality is different than being inside of the stone. And I, I, I do think in this movie they are going to introduce Adam Warlock. In I hope way, so. Shape, shape or form. I mean, they've already showed his race that creates him the, in Guardians Volume 2. The gold-covered people. Yeah, the, the, the perfect race, yes, so the to perfect speak. perfect race. They create Adam Warlock. So I'm wondering if they'll do something with that for a next cinematic movie. Or... And it's funny that, that they're, you know, they're a gold and they're trying to constant, constantly create something. Guardians Volume 1, we get to see his cocoon. Yes. And then... We see in Guardians Volume Two a direct connection to it again, where you know the the Queen, so to speak, is creating Adam Warlock. And what I found to be kind of unique is that there was a circle and then like another piece at the bottom of this giant gold cocoon that almost looked like there was a stone making him. Yes. So I mean, I I wonder what that backstory is going to be. I I also I talked to Jeremy about this off the air. What I think the Power Stone. You know, it's the only stone we never see. Now, reality, we don't see Thanos obtain it. But we kind of get a picture of that he decimated nowhere. We don't see Xandar at all. We don't see the Nova Corps at all. We don't see anything with the Power Stone. And I think that they're going to revisit that in a future movie. I think they should. And to obviously show, you know, Nova, the actual character of Nova and kind of what he has going on. So, what are, I mean, what's, what's your ultimate takeaway of this reality stone? I mean, this... This distorts all reality, makes it whatever it wants to make it, and I mean, literally to the, to the, to the tiniest degree of time where you can shoot like Star Lord did, and he can turn it into bubbles immediately. Exactly. I mean, that it's probably one of the most powerful stones on the gauntlet itself. And an amazing, you know, anything shooting at it, trying to stab, 
whatever you try to do with the reality stone, it can distort, change, manipulate, and be whatever it wants to be. I mean, we talk about space, the ability to go through portals, the power stone we did, and obviously, you know, it's immense power to break the moon of Titan into pieces. But the reality stone can take the entire planet, make it look like something else, have the Avengers show up and think, oh my gosh, Thanos, you know, it looks like Thanos is hurt right now. And guess what? He's not. No. And, and it's all because, I mean, if you look at it, the reality stone could be the main reason the snap works. I mean, it, he just basically changes reality. So, I mean, everyone that got dusted could be in a pocket universe for all we know. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about the names of them, the space, the power, the reality, the soul, the mind, and the time. And I find it interesting that the mind stone has the biggest part of the gauntlet. The mind stone is, and I want to show everybody here, that the mind stone is, a, is essentially, if you remember it, it's, it's lodged right in the middle. So we see, and the time one is kind of unique because it's, it's tiny on the, on the thumb, but this is where, you know, you can essentially, you see that time where he just turns his arm, but we see all the stones in their place, but we see the mind go into this main component, this large component. And, and what I had said about it before, and we'll talk about in episode six, is that the mind stone essentially is the thing that allows Thanos to change it because he wills in his mind for half the universe to be gone, the other stones help it to be. So we hear about reality and all these stones and the soul stone and what could be more powerful, but without the mind stone, you can't do it. So Very true. what are your other thoughts? I'm going to kind of open the doorway here to a little bit for you. Um, What's on your mind with Avengers? I just want to know where it goes from here. Do they do more Avengers movies after this? Do they do a new team of Avengers? I'm just excited to see what happens there. If Hawkeye stays as Ronin. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm most excited about. I love the Ronan character, so... Very unique, though, that two characters are going to be called Ronan. Ronan the Accuser and Ronan. Ronan, yes. So, kind of, and totally different. We got to see a younger Ronan the Accuser in this more recent Captain Marvel, and to see that he was a member of the Kree, which people wouldn't have made that connection necessarily if you were the average fan watching him in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Yeah. I want to know if they're going to ultimately have a dance-off with Thanos, finally. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see that. I also think that they have to do something more with the Skrulls. They kind of ended it with, Cap spoiler alert, by the way, they ended it at Captain Marvel where the, we had like a peaceful treaty with the Skrulls. I don't know if I really trust that. Well, she's essentially just trying to get them to a new planet. But we learned that the Kree-Skrull war where, you know, they want you to both sides, you know, they, they want you to believe, the Kree wants you to believe that the Skrulls hate them. They hate the Skrulls. They kill each other, this, that, and the other. And we see this propaganda, so to speak, that they actually go after the Skrulls, they want to eradicate the Skrulls, and the Skrulls are just trying to find a planet and be left alone. And the Kree are actually this enhanced race that has all this technology that just wants universal domination. Absolutely. So the Kree-Skrull war, it's coming. I mean, we're going to see that Kree-Skrull war, I'm sure. What did you think about the the the, the kind of makeup of them? Did you, did you buy into it? Did the Skrulls look believable? Did it look more Agents no. of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, I don't know. I, I liked I liked how they did their makeup. Yeah. I liked the CGI with it. I mean, Agents of Shield. I mean, obviously they don't have a movie budget, so they don't get really yeah too deep in the special special effects with it. But I did enjoy the the scrolls, how they changed and everything. I'm just I'd love to see Marvel do start doing like a Secret Wars or Secret Invasion. Yeah, with the uh, scrolls being on Earth. Now that you have the X Men in your possession, you can do that because you know obviously Wolverine. We see a scroll Wolverine. We kind of see a scroll everything. So. You know, I, I think, I, I mean, I think that that's what's coming. I think that that's where we're heading. Did you, you and I saw Captain Marvel together with one of, one of your young boys, got yeah. to see it. 
So it was it was Jimmy, Jimmy. yeah. Yep. Jimmy was there with us. So what did you? Th- I mean, now that we've hindsight twenty twenty, it's marinated. What do you think about Captain Marvel? Did you dig it? I thought it was good. Okay. I it I it still it ranks up there with probably one of my favorites. Still, Black Panther is my favorite Marvel movie. Still. Yeah. Just from everything, but I thought Captain Marvel for what it was, it was good. It tightly wrapped everything up and got everyone ready for uh, Endgame. Changed the beginning of everything that we knew for the most part. Yeah. Literally shows up in between Captain America, the first Avenger, and the first Iron Man. I mean, she's there before it. So, you know, her connection, because Howard Stark gives the... Give, I mean, obviously, he gives this this tesseract. He he gives a tesseract up to Marvel. Marvel utilizes it, mm-hmm. and then and you and I were talking about this off the air too. That the space stone essentially it it creates Iron Man. It sends Red Skull to the Soul World to Vormir. It is directly connected to Captain America. It, it is it is directly connected to Thanos. Obviously, it's connected to Loki. And then there's that scene where the Red Skull holds it out. And Loki holds it the same way when he hands it to Thanos. So, you know, without without the space stone, there is no Iron Man because this element that Howard Stark found was from the Tesseract. Basically. Right, it was from the Tesseract, which became the arc reactor, which kept Tony alive. Yeah, I mean, if, if Red Skull didn't even go after it in Germany, I mean, there would be no... Yeah. If there were no Nazis, there'd be no Hydra. If there was no Hydra, there'd be no Red Skull. If there was no Red Skull... He wouldn't have found the Tesseract. If he didn't find the Tesseract, Captain America wouldn't have nosedived and given his life, he thought, with it. And then Howard Stark would have never found it in the ice. And then he would, and then from there would have never given it to Marvel. And then it would have never blown apart and affected Captain Marvel and gave her her power. She would have stayed Carol Danvers. And then ultimately, Iron Man would be dead somewhere in the desert. Yes. So, I mean, thank goodness for Red Skull. I guess. <laughs> Shout out to Red Skull. Thank, Thank you. you. We yeah. appreciate it. What do you think about Red Skull showing up as the soul keeper? I thought it was a great cameo. I, I When I was sitting watching the movie, um, obviously the theater was packed and everyone just totally just gasped at the same time. Oh, so cool. It was very. It was a really cool scene. It's like seeing Darth Maul return because they kind of look similar too. But it's, it's that feeling of, it's, you know, and I said this yesterday, I said, when you go to see a movie and there's something that you want, and then you don't get it. You know how like you're just like, oh my God, if this happened, it'd be like the coolest thing ever. But then it never happens. That time was the, I need Red Skull to come back. And he came back and we're sitting next to each other. And I don't know if, I don't know if you saw me, but in that moment, I was like, I was like, oh my God, did I just get what I wanted? Did I just get Red Skull back? Exactly. You know, but he's like a, he's a spirit, but now, I mean, it's like, you know, can, my question is, can he get off the soul world? I think once Gamora goes in there, I think he gets replaced. So is Red Skull just running amok right now? Is or he freewheeling right or is now? he just gone? Right. Is that, I mean, there's a lot of questions to be had kind of in this piece. And did you, I mean, we're, we're, I'm going to get into the soul as we move forward. So I don't want to go too deep into it. But to kind of wrap up with reality, Thor the Dark World. Did you like it? Did you dig it? Nine Realms coming together. I liked it better than the first Thor movie. Okay. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the first one. It, it, it won me back to the Thor character. I just didn't like how they just took Thor's powers away and just left him on Earth as Thor. Yeah. The last time we saw the Fabio hair for an entire movie was Thor the Dark World. Yeah. Because he, he had it shaved in Ragnarok, so... And I did like Ragnarok a lot. You liked Ragnarok. And that's how we see him now. 
with his head shaved and kind of that line and all those pieces and whatnot. Thought it was interesting that, that his eye coming back is because Rocket stole one. I thought it was great. You know, kind of interesting because Rocket, if you go back to volume one, he steals the eye there too. Yeah. You know, steals the arm, tries to steal the eye, all these things. So Rocket and Rocket still being alive. But what do you think about the Russo brothers and kind of the decision of Marvel that when there's this dusting and half the universe is gone, we are ironically left with the original Avengers in the Battle of New York? I think they want people to think that the original Avengers have to sacrifice themselves to bring the people back that got dusted. Yeah. So the heroes would have to replace heroes. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that's what people want to happen. I just don't think it will. They're getting the team back together, the band back together, though. Exactly. We haven't seen Thor, Cap, and Iron Man together since Age the of first. Oh yeah, I mean, since I mean, we're talking Avengers way back. Yeah, we're talking when they, you know, when they were trying to defeat Ultron, and they're all in that room together and whatnot. So we haven't seen them together in a very, very, very long time. We've seen Cap and Thor, yeah, in Infinity War, but not for Iron Man. We haven't seen Iron Man and Cap do anything but fight recently in Civil War. So to see. That, that you know we're going to see some changes, some dynamics. That when when the band gets back together, there's going to be some issues to discuss. Yeah. And what do you think about that? What do you think about the fact that you know we kind of all have to get on the couch of Stan Lee, rest in peace, so to speak, and and have that comment and Jack Kirby and and have and rest in peace to him too. We're on the Kirby Lee couch, essentially talking out our problems between Thor, Iron Man, and Cap. I think they all go to the, what was it, the shawarma restaurant? They all ate at the... Oh, yeah, shawarma. I think they all just go back there at the end of Endgame and just have a meal together. I think that will be... That'll be awesome. Yeah. Right down the street from my hotel in Toronto, there was a shawarma. Did you eat there? I took a picture. I was like, oh, my God, it's so good. Because it was when we were taking the rail thing on, and you're on the trolley or whatever. And I was like, there is not a place called shawarma. This is nuts. So then I'm thinking to my head, did Robert Downey Jr. take an impromptu trip to Toronto and then go to the and, and then go to the directors of, you know, the first Avengers movie and say, hey, you know, it'd be great is if you showed us eat afterward. There's this great place in Toronto. Because yeah. how did you find shawarma? You know what I mean? I mean what there, makes there's you think a few that? farm shawarma stands down in New York City. But other than that, I don't think they have a full on restaurant that does it. No. So we are we are here inside speaking on the reality stone. Any more notes about the reality stone? Any other any other thoughts you have about you know, this as we wrap up, we've got Stones episode three. Any take on it? I'm just ready for the movie on Thursday night. Seven, You're ready to go. Seven thirty. Okay. Yeah, we're going. The, me and this guy. I, I'm going. I'm going twice in two in three days. I'm probably gonna. I, you know what? By the time Sunday hits, Sunday night, I'll probably have seen it two or three times. Just. I'm, I'm just. I'm previewing it so I can take my son Jimmy to see it. Yeah. Uh, possibly Owen will come too, but. And what I'm excited about is the fact that we get to see it Thursday night so nobody can mess with it with yeah, us. Yeah, that's the only reason why I'm going on Thursday because I don't want to wake up Friday and just see the my Facebook wall just Yeah, can't go on YouTube or any of that stuff. Yeah. So my thing, and my thing is because I use social media because it's my job to do all this stuff and put up these videos, you know, you, you, you see, even if you don't see it, you see it. Mm -hmm. You see it like a little piece of it. So I'm staying away from it. I'm excited about it. And as you know, as we always do on Superpowered Pop, you will not have, within that first week or so, we will do a non-spoiler edition of Avengers Endgame. I will not do a spoiler edition until I give you a couple weeks to watch it. It's always been my rule. It's always been my way. I heard on the radio before that there's an eight-day rule. I extend it from there. I give you a couple weeks to see the movie. We non-spoiler it right after, mm -hmm. and then spoiler after a couple weeks because... 
you know. Well, then if you haven't seen it, that's on you at that point. Right, and people deserve time. Yeah. You deserve time. Not everybody can get there right away. So for Jeremy Ginsburg, myself, Dan Tatora, Super Powered Pop, Wake Up Call is, is our sports show. Super Powered Pop is our entertainment. Dan on Disney, of course, is the Disney show. The Museum of Intrigue, Frightmare Farms, and Painting with a Twist of Wit is proudly connected with all three, three for three. And you can check out Super Powered Pop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Super Powered Pop. This is episode three. We're doing six episodes all the way through six-part series called We've Got Stones. And we will continue with our stones as we continue what Thanos went after. Coming up next is the Orange Stone, episode four, the Soul Stone on Wednesday, April 24th. And then on the 25th, I will have the Time Stone, the green, and finally the Mind Stone, the yellow, on the day it officially, officially is released on April 26th. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. And here we go to changing reality for the better. Go out and do something good for yourself and be good to other people out there, folks. We'll talk with you soon.